0: hunted. John knew this was the place. Huddling back against the brick wall, he felt it deep down in the pit of his stomach. He just knew. Three a.m., and I am out here looking for bad things, John thought, as he glanced up from his watch. Six months earlier, near this very alley, a woman of the night disappeared. Anne Lackey, who went by Misty on the streets, was a permanent fixture in this area. The disappearance was reported to the police, yet no one searched for her. Anne had no identifiable family members and very few friends. She was just another low-class missing person that the police and society in general expressed very little interest finding. Her only legacy would be a statistic in the backroom filing cabinet gathering dust. John was determined to find Anne. He was new to this city and managed to land a job doing the crime blotter for the local newspaper. Immediately, John took interest in the case of several missing persons. While digging through the archives, he came across a disturbing pattern. Over the last sixty years, a multitude of people had gone missing with no explanation. Like clockwork, two people per year, every year, within a five-block radius from the very spot John was standing. Not all the missing persons were prostitutes, some were vagrants, others were criminals, a few of them were runaways. The ages of the missing varied from the mid teens to late sixties. Interestingly enough, none of the victims were children. John was convinced the missing persons were, in fact, abducted. Whoever was responsible for these abductions, they didn't discriminate much. Anyone out of adolescence could be a potential target. John had a theory. The captor avoided detection by targeting only the lower class of society that drew the least attention when missed. That would also explain why children and adults of notoriety never went missing from this particular part of town. John noticed some movement at the front of the alley where it intersected with the street. A woman ambled into view, cautiously making her way toward him. Many of the hookers used this area to service their tricks or take that quick fix in the vein. He couldn't tell if she was a prostitute or just someone taking a shortcut home from a late shift. As she approached him, her stride increased. She walked right past and continued on down the alley until she disappeared into the darkness. The hair on the back of his neck started to stand up. It's about damn time, John thought, as he took a deep breath and leaned forward eagerly. Bad things indeed. Suddenly a large cloth bag covered his head, and upper torso. The attacker lifted John off the ground with such speed and strength it seemed inhuman. The assailant carried him a little ways down the alley and tossed him to the ground. John heard the distinctive sound of a large metal object slamming into the pavement. If he had to make a guess, it was a manhole cover. The abductor traversed the sewers in complete darkness, carrying John the entire time. He had no clue how far they had traversed or where they were. He only knew that whoever was carrying him was traveling fast on foot. After a few hard turns, again John found himself thrown on the ground. He had heard his abductor scurry off, and in the distance the sound of a huge door slammed shut. John squirmed out of the cloth bag to see that he was alone in the center of a large antechamber. The light from several flickering candles dimly lit the room. As their flames struggled to stay alive, they would cast dancing shadows on what appeared to be moss-covered walls. In the center of the room was a large stone slab supported by two giant rocks. There was a wooden chair at the side of the slab. Upon closer inspection, the huge stone was marred with dried blood and massive scratches. John wasn't sure, but it looked like someone used it for a barbaric dining-room table. The antechamber had only one entrance. As his eyes adjusted to his dark surroundings, John walked out of the dining room and into the other chamber. Strategically placed candles provided the only light here, too. Wooden shelves lined the chamber's inner wall. A large iron door sealed the only other exit. If the other room is the dining room, John contemplated, this must be the library. Grabbing one of the candles off the wall, John started exploring the room in more detail. Taking a closer look at the shelves, he realized each one had bones neatly placed upon them. This just keeps getting better and better, he muttered.